Can anyone that's hanging out in the chat just let us know if you can hear us on the stream before I flip it over? I want to know. This, if is, our, I'm this heard. is our pre-show sound check. They can hear you before you actually. They can't see us yet, but they can hear us. What does this do? Well, Ooh, now I can put oh, like you a... freaking PIP'd yourself. <laughs> I've seen, I've, ooh. What can I put over there? Image source. How do I select it? How do I change that source? I could. I might have to play with this later. This looks okay. They can hear us. I'm about to flip it over. Let's see if it works. Do we it. don't know if it's gonna work or not. Boom! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode twelve of Press Extra Revolution. Frick! It's. I think it's November tenth, twenty twenty one. No one corrected me last week when I said the date, and it was drastic. It was like over a month <laughs> off, and no one said anything. This is the video just podcast by regular people for regular people. Uh, here with me today, I, th I think is. Did I say my name? My name is Michael. Here with me today yeah. are my co-hosts Andrew, the fastest guns in the Midwest, and Andrew oh. R. I. P. Sander Walker. <laughs> That is um, incorrect. I am not the fastest guns in the West. Anyone who has ever played me in anything revolving reflexes or speed knows that I am the slowest in the West. You're and a most likely to die. You're a decent first-person shooter player. Uh, my Twitch skills are okay. I wouldn't call them great. They're definitely... I haven't been playing as many mouse clickers lately, so... I, I, but I have a story to tell later, so... Nice. I'm a Twitch streamer. And, Speaking uh, of Twitch streamers, Alan, Alan, I suppose <laughs> thinks that uh, this is not going to work. This is not a funny bit for the audio bits, but uh, Alan has his camera pointed at his TV poorly. May I add, uh, it covers about a third of the frame, and he is playing that fake uh, Persona game he mentioned last week about grandmas or something. Does anyone in the chat remember the game that was? Yeah, Alan could anyone mentioned? in the chat remember the game that Alan said that he was playing last week? That was like. Yes, Cold Steel. Okay, they already said it. Dang gotcha. it. Yeah. Factorio, Factorio <laughs> nailed it before we were even ready. Yep, that is correct. So, before we get into the main meat of today's discussion, Andrew, you want to talk about the game that you beat this last week? Give a little brief update. Oh, man. I It is, it is with great joy that I am here to announce that I have beaten Metroid Dread. Um, what? Kind of sounds like your mic is inside your body. It does sound like your mic is turned up super loud. Like maybe turn it a little uh, down. Yeah, I can do that. I can definitely do that. I don't think I've messed with the game settings since last week, but is it's that better? Weird. It's weird. Yeah, I think it was peaking. I can adjust it on my end. The crowd can okay. tell us if anybody's too loud or too quiet. But well, I moved ahead. it away from you my beat, face. You beat your so. Metroid Dread. How's it going? Yeah, uh, I beat it. Um. Saturday, I got to the final boss, and I was like, "Okay, like I can't do it tonight." My like my reflexes were noticeably like slowing down. It's like, "Okay, this is I am past prime. My peak hours are over, so I'm just going to beat this tomorrow." And then proceeded to spend most of the entire afternoon trying to beat that stupid thing. And I um I was so excited when I finally was able to do it. And then um it goes into a second um complete boss, and I'm like. Oh no, I'm gonna have to fight this whole thing too. And it was I was like not prepared. <laughs> and thankfully that didn't last very long and I was able to beat it and get uh, out. Do you know how uh, many attempts you put out on that boss? 
Oh, jeez. Oh, I, I'm trying to think if I like maybe thirty, oh, maybe. Dang, dude. Dude, I was pounding my head against it for a long time. I eventually I figured out the first phase fairly quickly, and then I I mastered the first phase fairly quickly. It, sure. It's not that hard. The second phase, I took me a long time to get past. Could you just and not figure got, out how to dodge it? It was the dodging, and then I would just, like he his, some of his moves have similar like they look like they're gonna like he starts in a position, and it could go one of two ways. And some some of the moves like in that he, second phase. See, I felt like and he so, was pretty clear compared to some of the other fights in the game. I but this was I by far had the most problems with this fight specifically. Yeah. It was not great, not great at all. Um, but I finally beat it, and I was super excited. There's some story implications for Samus Aran at the end of that game. For the just whole, like, yeah, the whole Metroid story canon gets freaking yeah, crazy. Yeah, there's, there's some stuff to address there. I think that she's a little OP at this point. <laughs> like, the part where she tries, without spoiling anything, she tries to take off from her from the sh- with the ship, and the robot's like, stop! Don't! <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> and you, then, you are and too the, powerful! <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, but no, uh, I'm I have mixed emotions about that game. I I think I enjoyed it. Um, I I think that would be my final like like overall at the end of everything. But there were so many things in that game that really frustrated me. Did you um, did you like the game more or less when you died and you got the tooltip that said, "Hey, every single boss move is dodgeable. You just got to figure it out." Did that make you like the game more or less? The solution is just not really tooltip. I mean that I and I never read. I I read them like a couple, like once. I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, okay. If you don't ever like, read them, there it. are things you will not know about the game. There, yeah. There's there's some so, there's some really stupid stuff like those tooltips. Is like okay, whatever. That freaking computer, Adam, is like the worst character in all of video game history. You like you? He's like Samus. You you suck at this, and you need to get better. And it's like, yeah, dude, I'm well aware. It's like, you cannot take Raven Beak now. Yeah, no freaking kidding. It's like, oh, you just beat this boss. You need more items. Yeah, okay. It's like, you're in a bad way. You need to get back to your ship. Sweet, dude. I, I got this. It's like, you are the most useless character. And I, ta- I was talking to a friend at work, and he's like, yeah, the Federation gave her this computer, and it's like this whole thing for her to use. And it's like, they suck. <laughs> like, this is the worst. There's some, but overall, like it, I had, fun, I think I had fun enough fun that it was worth doing. I'm glad that I beat it for sure. Um, I will say, I, when I beat that final boss, it, I didn't get the joy um, of like accomplishment that I kind of wanted to get. Um, I was more like just a relief. Okay, I don't have to do that again. <laughs> Whereas, like when I completed a boss like uh, Dark Souls, Smo and Ornstein, like that was like just like. I can't believe I just pulled this off. Like, this is awesome. Like, I just, I was missing that feeling at the end of Metroid where I, I was just relieved and I, was, I could get the game over with. So everyone can have their own opinions, but I find it a little crazy to think that you thought the Metroid boss was unfair, but you felt like the Smo and Ornstein <laughs> fight was fair. Cause that fight <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I'm not I'm I'm not necessarily talking about fair. I'm talking about my perspective of what it was and like my reactions after it. Frick's um, and, 
That was such an so anyway, I beat that. Um, and I have moved on to a couple new games. Um, right before I finished Metroid, I really got a Pokemon craving. It's like I really want to play some Pokemon. And so <laughs> I was talking to you about you know Sword and Shield trying to figure out or I was trying to decide between Let's Go and Sword and Shield. I ended up going with Sword and I've been playing through that. Um my girlfriend came over the other day and she's like, What are you playing? And I'm like Pokemon, and then she just laughed at me. I was like, "Okay, this for, this feels great." Children, is that why? <laughs> I guess. Did I you don't tell her? Know. Did you tell her that you once went with a bunch of your high school friends to a Pokemon <laughs> event with a bunch of children at a Toys R Us? I don't feel secure enough in my relationship to reveal that quite yet. <laughs> you can't share it yet. Good thing it's on the internet, <laughs> but she doesn't watch the show, so we're good. She does. She she's literally told me she's like, "I tried once. I got like a minute into it, and I was like, nope, this isn't for me." <laughs> Alan. So, thank, thanks, hon. Appreciate Alan. it. Yeah. Budget Persona. Is that what this game is? This, this... No, it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm, how am I? I'm 78 hours. So. Uh, I'll have on the, on the clock now. Now, all of that's, like, it's probably more like 60 hours. The others are just, like, what is what is the thing that differentiates this game from a persona because the way you described it made it seem very persona like it well, looks like um, persona. you do have i mean you do have it doesn't have lines. style that's it doesn't have the style of persona just from this little clip i've seen that's true that's true but it has a i mean it has an incredibly like the dialogue is is really really well written for being a JRPG. Like as I said before, like there's reasons to actually talk to the NPCs, and the, <laughs> the voice acting is actually uh, above par for JRPGs. Like they actually read because the problem with JRPGs, anybody who plays with English voices on, they never read the line how someone would actually say it. And I think it's just because they haven't read the whole script. It's well, like if you knew the situation that you were in, you would not say it that way. You're putting the you're not putting the uh, you're not putting the emphasis on the right words here. Um, so there's that. Uh, also, I mean, it is it is broken up into like, you know, months, and the time does pass, and it starts where you have a couple days at the school. So you have a day running around doing errands for, um, for the student council. Then you have a day where you have free time where you run around, and that's where you do your bonding points. Then you have a field study, which is where you fight something, something, and introduce some new combat mechanic, and then. Sorry, that's the training day. And then you have the field study where they send you to a location in this huge map. They send you to a location with about half, your, half the, the students. And you do some, like, menial tasks there, but it ends up uncovering, like, a larger plot. Like, in the last place, I just uncovered, like, a terrorist plot to take out the, essentially, the prime minister. And, and I don't, he seems like a bad guy. So I'm like, are the terrorists good guys? Like, I don't know. Um, like the plot finally picked up and so, and then it rinses, it rinses and repeats. It also doesn't have persona. So you don't have a bunch of that, but instead you have more party members and like how, again, like how many what are we talking about? Like, are we talking like 400 or like, okay. I have, <laughs> I have 10 and their, their abilities are kind of materia based, but I like it better than materia. And when you fight on the fight screen, there is, you can move around the battlefield and some attacks are in a line, some attacks are small area, some are big area, some are single target. And so positioning is a huge deal. Like I like to start off every boss fight by 
I have four different buffs on four on the characters I like to use the most. So I buff speed, I buff attack, I buff um, defense and magic defense. Those are the four things that I buff. Oh, sorry, defense and attack. And these are things you and I did that on pop every battle. I did it on a recent boss, and that boss said, "Oh, you're just gonna stand there and buff everybody because the buffs have range." It was three different bosses, like in the same boss fight. They just reamed me because they just air, they just AOE'd me because I didn't move. Because I'm like, I'm gonna stay here and buff. Nope, just got AOE'd to death. Like you <laughs> had to, you had to separate the 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 party. So, um, so it's 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 quite fun. It's very it's very fast paced. It would be much more. The original, I can see, would be much more tedious because you do not have turbo mode to speed. Like as you were uh, seeing, how fast I run. Yeah. Um. The the normal run speed is not fast. So this is so, a re-release. Yes, it okay. was released for PS3 and Vita first, and so. But it is it is actually a, it seems like a Vita game. It's much more fun than I thought it was going to be, and so I finally passed where I got to on the Vita, and you know it's quite good. I've still got. I'm in August. The game ends in October, so I have three more months. Nice. So it's 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 quite fun. And how many of them did you say you had? Three. There are four. So there are four. So the tri the tri the Legend of Heroes games. There's three Trails in the Sky games that came out for the PSP and the Vita, and then there were two. So that those take place. I played the first two. They take place in a different country than this. In fact, these guys are the bad guys. In that first game, this the Aragonia, the Empires, the bad cool guys thing. in, in those first perspectives, games. yeah. And so there's a there's another central place like that, the trading hubs called Crossbell. It's like the major trade city. It has two games, but they've never been localized. They've never been brought over to the West. So and then after that, Trails uh, Cold Steel one and two take place at the same time as the the two Crossbell games, mm -hmm. so they are overlapping storylines. But the two Crossbell games are coming out next year. They're finally being brought over, localized. So did you um, have a 3ds? Me, I, I mean, I did at one point. Like I, the the problem is, is I find that I don't actually play on the go like if i'm if i'm mobily i i literally just read instead i like my vita and then my ds i just never use them okay i was gonna ask I, if you what's the fire emblem game not three houses which kind of does the same thing but what's the one that they released three different fire emblems and you played the different factions in each one that was three that was three houses well that's that's on the switch there was one on the 3ds before three houses Anyway, it was like actually different releases instead of all being in the same game. Um, it's it's quite remember. fun. It's going to keep me busy for. A, I'm not going to play straight through. That's ridiculous. So what I'm going to play what one, you, and, and I'm going to get through two. What? Sorry. What's your next that you're going to use in between? Next, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish Unity. I'm going to finish Platinum in Unity. <laughs> but I'm also. I thought you said you only Platinum games you like. I've come too far, though. I'm too close to Unity. Um, I'm gonna Fate and Conquest and Birthright. Thank you, Chaos Reads. The uh, the there we go. Fire Emblem. Yeah. Yes, those were awesome. I'm going to I'm going to finish. Um, oh, Trails Trails in the Sky. The the dialogue's just excellent. Chaos Reads. It's so good. Um, 
I'm going to play, I'm going to finish Plague Tale. Um, and then I downloaded, or it was, I got on the dirt cheap, I got that Call of Cthulhu, like first person kind of investigative Lovecraftian horror game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to play that as well. Um, and then I'll probably play Elden Ring at some point. We will get to Elden yeah. Ring. Uh, that's part of the huge discussion today. Real quick, I Andrew. I have not been able to watch the video, the preview videos. It's have okay. you watched them already today? Uh, I watched some of the previous preview videos, not the ones, not oh. the new ones. One, uh, I watch Skill Up a lot. I like Skill Up's uh, mm -hmm. uh, reviews. He played four hours of Elden Ring and yeah. did a, put a video up on it. And I, it's on my queue. I just hadn't had a chance to watch it. I've listened to people talk about the new ones. Andrew, did you say you played something else other than Pokemon 2? Yes. Um, so Forza Horizon 5. Oh, people out. have been loving that one. Are you? I know you were a big. Th was it three fan? Three. I. I you were, you I, loved I, three, and for some reason you were so mad on four. And I, mm -hmm. I have only played a little bit of both, and I was like, I don't understand the difference between these two. But you had very <laughs> strong opinions. I yeah, I I just couldn't get into it in the same way that I got into three. Is five um, a three is, or is five a four? <laughs> so far, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I am enjoying my time with it, and it's nice to kind of get into a fun racing game. I really like like the the style of racing that Forza. It's not like it's not like Need for Speed, which is fun in its own right, like you know, but or Burnout, but it's not full on Forza Gran Turismo. Like it's this nice middle ground for me that I really really like. Um, and so, um, I started play. I picked up Game Pass and started playing that. Um, and. I think I'm going to download Anthem and try that. I mean, as everyone well. makes everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those <laughs> days. Everybody knows what what I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way. Factorio uh, says five is great from the chat. Yeah, no, I'm I'm and enjoying. I've, it. I've heard um, like exclusively good things about it so far. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, I just did. The, so I named for all of you any book nerds on this. I am my license plate says Stormblast. And there's a full mission where you drive literally into a storm and have to survive. I felt awesome. Nice. So thank you, X Factor knows. Don't play Anthem. <laughs> Don't play yeah. Anthem. Yeah. I, I want to know I'm if anybody is, is anyone else in the chat interested in Riders Republic because I think that game looks rad. <laughs> I know Alan doesn't care. You don't I care? don't care. No. Oh, it looks fun to me. No, I I. I I like the idea, but it's just I don't. It, to me, that doesn't seem like a sixty dollars game. Like I might get that for on sale sometime and try it, but it, I, I'm just not. The game I've been and, playing this uh, this period of Super Mario sixty four, which I mm -hmm. listen. The game has been part of my life forever. <laughs> Why not freaking just just solidify it, right? Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. I played so much Super Mario, dude. I beat Super Mario sixty four so many times this week. Mm. Watched you. I watched. You I watched, watched. You watched me fail. Yeah, I watched you do terribly. I've gotten so much better since that point. <laughs> so my goal is to beat the game in twenty minutes or less. I, I made a video about it. I don't know if anybody that that watches the podcast saw that, but I'm trying to beat Super Mario sixty four in less than twenty minutes. I've been practicing a lot. I streamed it one day. I have a lot of recordings of it. I'm actually going to upload a video soon where I just explain the speed run and my strategies in case people didn't know about it. But, mm -hmm. um, oh, Factor okay, so Factoro, I think he's saying he's interested in Riders Republic as well. 
Yes. But I've been playing a buttload of Super Mario 64, and I'm just going to say, I love this game because I loved this game as a child. It was a revolutionary mm-hmm. game at the time, and it's one that's always been part of my life, and being able to play it with my kids and show it to them was fun. Now speedrunning it has just added a whole other element to the game that I didn't expect, which is just like trying to actually get good at it and of course when i streamed that i was it was some it was it was my third full attempt when i streamed now i've completed the game numerous times like yeah i don't think i fail runs anymore unless i choose to fail them because i'm doing poorly i still haven't hit that 20 minute mark but um i can hit sub 30 Mm -hmm. pretty easily uh, the problem is sometimes, and I've seen professional streamers do the same thing, but of course they're better, is you are doing amazing and you're killing all of your times and you get to that final Bowser and it's it's so hard to land the perfect run because you will be doing so well, get to the final Bowser and either beef up the level or freaking just miss the Bowser throws and it feels like it was all for naught. But... I cannot express how much fun I'm still having playing Super Mario 64, which is something weird to say after um, <laughs> after playing the game for however many years it's been out. Castry says, I originally played the DS version as a child, so looking at the original 64 game, the characters look weird, especially Bowser. Um, so uh, the DS version was amazing for me because I played the original 64 version and when the DS version came out, I was just so excited because I played a lot of games portably at the time. And I was excited to be able to have one of my favorite games in portable form. It was very different. They had upgraded the graphics. Um, a lot okay. of things are different. The speed runs are completely different. But a lot of the regular, if you're doing the game intended, a lot of that is the same. So a lot of the joy is there. But playing the speed runs, I've been like getting into like the speed running community and watching other people. It's it's just a super fun time. It's a super welcoming community. And there's lots of people that are similar. Like, they've been fans of the game forever. They're just getting into it. And their goals are yeah. similar to mine. It's a really, really fun thing. And um, I'm hoping to be able to get more videos about my progress on that on this channel here soon. I, I, I'm working on one. It just needs edited. How many stars do you get on a speed run like that? So for my run, I'm going for 16. There's different. There's a, there's there's the there's a zero star category, a one star category, and those are hugely glitch heavy. I guess they're all somewhat glitch heavy. Then there's a 16 sure. star, which is the one I'm going for. The world record's like below 15 minutes. I'm going for 20. And then there's a 70 star, which is the minimum amount of stars you can beat the game without glitching anything. And then there's the 120 star, which that that speed run just got broken. It's below an hour and thirty seven minutes, which is crazy to get all the all the stars in the game that fast. That's not a run I don't think I could ever complete. That's just it's a lot of time to put into a beefed run, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. Um, Alan, what the frick is SMTV stand for again? Shin Megami Tensei. Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah, five, right? Shin Megami Tensei five. Yeah. Alan, if you had a switch, would you play it? Yeah, I would. When I had a 3DS, I played Shin Megami Tensei 4. Would you stop being a hater if you had a Switch? You'd, like, enjoy the Switch games? Mm-hmm. Probably, but again, like, I have so many I have so many PS, like, PlayStation games that I haven't played. Most but I probably in- would play. What? So this is the most important. If you had a Switch, would you play Mario Party with me and Andrew? <laughs> 100%. Because it has online. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would also play, like, I would play Mario Party. I would play, I would probably play Breath of the Wild. I would, I would definitely play Fire Emblem Three Houses. I would definitely play Fire Emblem. Um, I would, I would download Xenoblade Chronicles because I was always really upset that I never got to play it. Um, and, you know, SMT5 and any other weeb games that they decide to bring there instead of real systems. So. Chaos Reads says speedrunning is an alien concept to me. I would be terrible at it. Uh, I was terrible at it. This is a game I've been playing for, frick, how long? 15 years or something? And when I started speedrunning, I freaking beefed it so hard. I was so bad. You're, you're older than that. You know it. What well, came out in 96? I don't know when that was. 14? 20? 24 years? Frick me! <laughs> Yeah, dude, I was like, 15 years, no, nah, man. Frick me, dude. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> frick. I was going to say something to Alan about the Switch, and I don't remember what it was, because I've been I've been contemplating my own mortality now. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. Let's talk about, let's, have you heard anything about Elden Ring? I want to talk about open world games, because... That's a concept we've been teasing for a long time on whether open yeah. world games is a design that we well, like. Episode two. Because I find that, Andrew, you tend to really like open world games. Yes. Alan, you play a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have played a lot of them, but I tend to not like the, the style. I think it works for some games better than others, but generally speaking, I don't like it. I know yeah. I have said, I mean, I know that I am the trophy hunter. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a, 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 you know, trophy monger, but I really don't like padding of games just because you want to say that you have a big world or well, that you have a really long runtime. It sounds like um, you use open world games as literally idle time for your brain. So yeah, like, I use them, yeah. So like, you don't think I they're good. What? See, like, you don't think they're good. Like, it's good game I think design. The Witcher 3 is, I think The Witcher 3 is excellent. Yeah, okay, but that's, that's one. Like, I think there's a couple open world games that Dragon are great Quest as well. Dragon Quest Inquisition could have been good if they hadn't bragged so much about their huge world and then put nothing in it. Yeah. Like, Inquisition, if they had just shrunk that world down a little bit, like, like um, Dragon Age 1 had a pretty... Uh, no, I guess it wasn't no. open. You're right. But, but no. I mean, it had... Big open areas, but they were, you know, they were they were zones. So I wouldn't even call Dragon Age two open world. No, but Dragon Age Inquisition was more open because you could go really to any of the zones, yeah. As opposed to being being uh, pigeonholed. I think sure. something that we can all agree about when it comes to open world games being a problem is the idea, and I've, I've I'm I'm quoting Eddie from my my Discord server where he says that the game is a mile wide but an inch deep. Oftentimes with open world games, you can even see it, especially like, and there's different levels of quality because some of them are really good. Some of them are less good, but you can see where developers will copy paste pieces of a world and just spread it over farther to say they have more content or something like yep. Skyrim will auto generate quests that are samey and boring just to say that, oh, there's infinite quests in this game. Um, not fun. Whereas I always value content that is super curated and crafted in an artistic manner. And the larger you make your game, I'm not going to say it's impossible to make an open world game. That's hugely crafted, no, especially because not. the stuff that we're coming, the stuff that we're getting out of Elden ring 
uh sounds like it may be like the perfect game ever you know freaking the stuff coming out of elden ring like the hype from this freaking last preview of it is the most hype i've ever seen for like a video game in a very long time i'm talking like it's crazy but um the idea of it it just costs way too much money or it takes too much time to craft Mm -hmm. something huge that's it's crafted like that whereas andrew you tend to like more open world games is it just because they are relatively like you can just shut your brain off and have fun? Or do you actually think that there's something interesting that they do that other games don't do? I mean, the thing that it, that they do interesting is, is for me, is the open world. is a large, huge map where you can just do whatever you want. Ever since I was a kid, that was just incredibly impressive to me. Like, I just wanted that freedom not to be railroaded into doing something but just have the freedom to go where i want to do what i want and to see what i want um it was it and when games did it right like it was always it's like this cool this is a weird thing of just like i could just like you see that mountain you go there like it's like stuff stuff like that or just like look at this this is awesome um different games have done it differently throughout the years um one of my first favorite open world games um was Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. um, the first one, which I think I would consider it open world. That like you've got the three cities in the middle yeah. area for, for like zones, but like I still would consider it open world. Sure, but um, but like that game, what I really loved about that game was the creativity of the that the open world gave you to accomplish certain tasks, and the history side, just like walking around ancient cities that were modeled after some of that stuff that was just freaking cool to me. Uh, just being able to walk around the markets and like climb these brick buildings, like the ain't what was the it was the coastal city? I think it was Acre. I think it was yeah. the name of the city in that game. Yeah. Uh, I, it was like it was like this is the medieval city, and it was by far, it was like the coolest city for me just to wander around and explore. Like it was it was just fun. Um, different games have done it. I would agree to better or worse. One of the worst open games I've played. Maybe um, was the sequel to Mercenaries, Mercenaries Two, yeah. um, which was such a bad game, but um, it, it, but also it, it it was like, oh, what is the, is it Saints Row or Crackdown? It's just like the indestructible environments, or the destructible so, environments. Oh, I, I, Crackdown. Was it Crackdown? I think I don't remember, but it was like they were doing that on the 360 before a lot of other people were. Where you could just like call in a missile strike on a skyscraper and just watch it fall down. See, Beth, Beth from the chat mentioned something. The way that you describe loving open world games is the way that I feel about massive multiplayer online games. Um, like me playing ultimately world of warcraft was the idea of this world is huge and there are freaking Mm -hmm. tons of people in it and i want to fully explore this world i i wish open world games did that to me more but i find that and maybe it's just me because like i'm cynical and old and i've played too many games but it's easy to easy for me in many open world games to see through the the veneer of what they're trying to present to you as a fleshed out world mm-hmm. and just see the quest system or like got the side quest here, got the main quest here, drive there, fast travel here. And I lose the immersion that they want me mm-hmm. to have. Yeah. And i that's kind of what, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more jaded to the point where I've recognized more of that. Where like, 
I guess I, everyone talks about like Assassin's Creed got bad. It got really bad. Like Alan, you're play, you've been playing through Unity recently. Like I think you can attest to how bad <laughs> yeah. Unity yeah. Assassin's yeah. Creed but, got. But people like people like Origins and Odyssey yeah. and yeah, absolutely. And I, I think after, after they re- yeah, I think they made a big change. It, it was an incredible yeah. misstep. Unity yeah. sucked, and the yeah. problem is. Unity's problems aren't uplifted by an interesting story or setting. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary Paris, when you're not in the middle of the reign of terror, yeah. is not an interesting setting. Nope. No one plays it to be like, oh, look, they're quip, they're passing messages. Oh, Parliament has thinks this. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's yeah. not interesting. Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so, and that's what I would like talk about, like Horizon Zero Dawn, which is another open world game that I really loved. But from but have for me, Michael, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Can I hold on real quick? Michael, where do you get your freaking video game shirts? Uh, this one, <laughs> I just got it. Freaking Coles, like a casual. <laughs> it's a freaking Mario shirt. Wait, is Coles exist outside of the Midwest? I'm a... I have a Coles. We have a Coles here, but OK, I've... OK. You can... where do you get your where do you get your video game shirts, Michael? Coles and Target. <laughs> You buy all of them at Coles and Target? You don't order them offline? No, most of them, no. Alright, never mind. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, gaming is becoming mainstream in a weird way. That's freaking weird. Yeah. Um, what were we going to say about Horizon Zero Dawn? Alan, you like oh, that one? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn. It's mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah, it's a really good one, but and what and what was interesting about that world was, like, how they tied it... They Yeah, they tied it... Not just like the existing like tribal stuff that was going on, but for me, what was interesting is how they tied it in with post-apocalyptic world, like post-apocalyptic Earth, and like um, I'm, I don't I want to I want to say there's a specific moment that was really cool for me, but I'm not going to say it because it kind of spoils the story a little bit. Um, but anyway, that but for me, what like eventually, and even in that game, I was like, okay, I think I'm I think I'm good on the open world this, and I just and but it was a story that really probably carried me through more than anything the last op- and so like open world games for me as i've gotten older have just gotten more and more like okay yep yep i've done this before for me the last game that i open world game that i like cared about and it is now like one of my top five games of all time um was red dead redemption 2 um which is a very divisive game when it comes to like idleness and side quests and tasks and stuff it's one of those games that i've seen where it's like you either love it or you hate it and for me i just i loved it it was because what they did in that world is they made you a cowboy which for me already is like cool like this is i like fast this is cool. midwest exactly <laughs> yeah and then but then they would like you had really interesting characters around it um you like cared about these people um you cared about like and i I mean i was doing like dumb thing idle things like doing chores in camp like hauling horse feed from like one side of camp to the other and just it's a borderline sim game and you were really are yeah 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 i i did and i i really did um but that was such a game that um it took that it was a it was for sure an open world game but when you talk about doing i won't i don't know if i want to say perfectly because it's such a divisive game but when the rockstar when you have a uh, the budget I mean, that rockstar com- they does committed whole hog with a huge budget. and the time to- and the time that they had to make that game like you can craft something really beautiful which i would i think that game is beautiful like the story is just incredible 
So, um, Alan, you've talked about Horizon Zero Dawn. You talked about Tsushima. You talked about The Witcher Three. What games that I've said I've liked today? What differentiates those open world games from open world games you think are mediocre? Is it just the story? Like, what are the ways? What are the ways that they execute better than the ones you dislike? Tsushima's world is Tsushima's world is not. It is not enormous, so it's it's slightly smaller than than like a lot of open world games, but it's also incredibly gorgeous. It is gorgeous from from the way it looks to the way it sounds, like to the way it just feels. It's very, it feels fun to traverse it. Mm-hmm. And also, I am predisposed to liking it because I am a weeb, remember. So, um, my, my no one's forgotten, Alan. Like, <laughs> no one has forgotten. When you, say it feels, when you say it feels fun to traverse it, do you mean just visually? Or like, are there multiple ways? Like, are you just walking and running and horsing? Or like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. You walk or run a horse, but okay. I almost never fast travel. You just like, it feels good and it looks pretty. Correct. Ru- running on the horse feels really good, really, really natural. Um, there's places that the horse can't go, so you just hop off and go explore on foot, which is which is really fun. Um, so the setting. Um, now a lot of the stuff that you do in Tsushima is repetitive. That that's true, and the storyline isn't fantastic in Tsushima, but I mean, so I'm biased because of just the the Japanese culture stuff. Horizon Zero Dawn kept me going. It did wear a little bit thin right toward the end when I was trying to platinum it. But the storyline of Horizon kept me going because it is so interesting with this, you know, the, um, this blend of sci-fi and, and, you know, like prehistoria type thing. Um, and so I was super interested to see every time I would come across something, something modern, something crumbling and you know, that is obviously from a bygone age, mm-hmm. uh, just like sticking out of the ground. Like I could be like, oh, that's cool. Like, well, how did that get there? You know, and or finding codices. I love little journals or um, like in Bioshock. My favorite thing when playing Bioshock were the freaking recorder things where you would hear like a bit of what happened to Rapture before it fell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I love those things. And so picking up, you know, picking up little like transmissions or, or notices from, you know, the people who were there before and stuff. So picking up little pieces of, of, the, of the lore and world building while I'm doing that uh, made it fun. And The Witcher, The Witcher, the side quests were just really well crafted. They made sure that the side quests, even if they were fetch quests, they spent had a lot more time. Yeah, they spent Correct. a lot more effort just making sure that they were not just pick yeah. the cat up get your money <laughs> yeah the witcher class was the witcher's in a class of its own but you know games like Tsushima and horizon they're just they're fun to play this interesting story interesting setting and you know i didn't run into in Tsushima and um horizon you don't run into the npc that you just left at a previous town but with a different name because they didn't bother giving me another character model like it's just like okay like whatever <laughs> so the interaction is only in horizon you can only interact with characters who have names and personalities yeah. um and same thing is same thing with Sushima. so i i don't know i don't know if that if if that's a like an appreciable difference or or what but so one of the things that i find to be a weird conflict of interest when it comes to open world games is they are like one of the things that's supposed to make them great is the sense of immersion and discovery 
in this huge, unique world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you try to tie an urgent story into it, mm-hmm. it's it, and you're and you're actually engaged in the story, it's going to force you to engage with the exploration elements and the discovery elements less. So you either focus on the discovery and ignore the main quest, which just it really hurts the flow of the story. It hurts like a lot of the narrative elements, or you have the narrative be extremely strong which forces you to not care about the exploration as much. And I feel like Assassin's Creed, like the worst, like once you get to the unity train and I don't know about the newer games cause I've never played them, but like the Assassin's Creed games really started doubling down on you're in this huge world. There is a huge story. And also we're going to spit about 50,000 icons under your map. If you have everything on and you get to the point where it's like, it, it becomes a checklist kind of like an MMO, like an MMO's promise is the same, but it becomes a checklist instead of an actual, like engaging with any of the things mm-hmm. about the open world that are supposed to make it interesting. I think that's one thing that horizon zero dawn kind of nailed because in the, in the story, in the way of, and at least early on in that story, like you've taken this girl who's grown up incredibly sheltered, but has this incredibly adventurous spirit. And her village basically sends her out into the world. And so, of course, this character is going to explore and find new things. And part of the exploration and discovery of the world, not only is discovery for the character and like her learning about things, but it's discovery for us as we put the pieces of what happened in this world mm-hmm. together. And so I think that that I, when you were talking about that, I was like, I think Horizon Zero not nailed that. Because that like exploration kind of makes sense. That, that of course that's something Aloy would do. Like she's been dying yeah. to do this her whole life. And until you get later in the game, not mm-hmm. everything is as stupid urgent. Like there is no. a quest you're supposed right. to be doing, but it's okay that you're not doing everything. Uh, Alan, have you played Ultima? Rich in our okay. in our Discord talks about. No, I think the Ultima RPGs is what's. What is this? I can't see. That's oh, not... the icons. Oh, that's <laughs> Unity. Oh. <laughs> That's. Can you clear those icons, or, or do those they are just all gone? I have cleared all of them. So, <laughs> so one of the things that I thought that Breath of the Wild did was it really scaled back on the icon dump and the overexposition. Maybe too much because it's a Zelda game, so the story is what it is. It's mostly throwaway, but it allowed you to lean heavily because the story was kind of whatever it allowed you to lean super heavily into the discovery side and the call it what it what it is which is an open world game where there's just shrines littered all about which the shrines are unique Mm -hmm. but they're just little puzzles but the sight lines are crafted in that game in such a way where i feel like every time you climb over a vista there's either a new shrine or a new really pretty thing or a new weird thing out in the world for you to discover and it really leaned into the discovery side of things mm-hmm. in a way that allowed you to explore that. And I feel like I, I, I enjoyed Breath of the Wild in a way that I didn't normally enjoy other open world games because of that exploration element. Mm-hmm. Most of the open world games that I've enjoyed, I usually end up liking the story a lot and not focusing on the exploration elements, such as like Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs is a game where I think it's in an open world the open world doesn't necessarily help it, but it doesn't necessarily hurt it either. You just get really engaged in the story. I focus less on the side quests. It did those later. Um, yeah. There's, and, and with that game, there's like a couple. There, 
the exploration, like, there's not a whole lot to explore. Yeah, like, and so it, it, it leans hard into the plot side, whereas mm-hmm. Zelda leans hard into the exploration side. The but then is, in, like, Sleeping Dogs, in, like, in that open traversal, like, between points, it was usually too, it was, that was when the characters would dialogue. Yes. And that and was the, when you would get, like, side things. And so they would use the idle time yes. of that part to actually drop story beats to and, like, build char- develop character. Yes. In such a wonderful, wonderful, that game is so underrated. I cannot believe that game <laughs> freaking got canceled because I love that Alan, have so you much. played Sleeping Dogs? Oh, it's so good. I think you're muted, but it's so good. I think, yeah, you're, I can't hear you. What? Now we can. There you go. There you go. I can hear you now. I said no. Why would I play Sleeping Dog? Uh, because it's so much better than you think it is. It's so good, dude. Do you know what it is? I'm not going to play Sleeping Dog. Well, it's Do you know what it now. is? What? Do you know what it is? Isn't it that game where you go around and like... It's, like, it's basically a Yakuza clone. In some ways, in some ways, no, I, no, I, that's not being fair to it. You're an undercover cop who goes in and tries to like go against the in Hong Kong. Oh, it's like super Yaku. Chinese. Anyway, uh, okay, so we have I to talk. About, what am I thinking of? The one where you like hack the the like security cameras and stuff. To, Deus Ex, Watchdogs, Watchdogs. Oh, yeah, screw Watchdogs. Whatever. <laughs> that's whatever. Michael, when we talk about, um, you, you mentioned that was. My for what I loved about MMO or um for open worlds, that was what you loved about MMOs was because of this giant open world. How did you feel about side quests and stuff that kind of detracted from the actual main plot of what was going on in M- and like in WoW? In MMOs, I that was the promise of MMOs that I wanted. It's never what I necessarily got out of MMOs. <laughs> the the problem is when you're playing something like an open world, I want it to be immersive and i want it to feel magical i want it to feel like i'm discovering something the way you guys describe playing aloy and and like finding out the weird elements of the story mm-hmm. this is what i want out of it and i don't want it to be the, i realize that it's a convenience thing i don't want a bunch of quest markers i don't want it being like oh track this quest by going this way i want to have to think about it and i want to feel like i'm part of the world and I really feel like that's where, like, and we're all going to, like, if you are in the chat and you have not seen any of the talks about the Elden Ring preview or seen any gameplay from the Elden Ring preview, this game really, really is going for it. It's going for being one of the best Souls games and potentially one of the most, like, largest leap forwards in open world game design at the same time. Because evidently it's going to be huge, but every area will still be given, in theory, the same level of craft as every level of a Souls game, with also, like, open world traveling bits. It really does claim to be it all, and the early hi- uh, the early previews are very hype on this game. Like, the people that have played it so far, they've only been able to play a, a tiny portion of the map. They've they and they played it for like ten to fifteen hours. They all went different directions, saw different things, hit the walls, but they still didn't. They they all did not explore it all, and they all had mysterious things. There were side quests that they found, but none of it's like the hand the handed to you stuff. Which of course you're playing a Souls game. Nothing is handed to you in a Souls game. But it it really does feel like Elden Ring is trying to be 
the next step forward for this genre. What they need, Michael, is they need an option that you can toggle on and off for quest quest marker tracking. Because then people who want to find their way around can. But when I play Dark Souls or Bloodborne, I literally watch a freaking video guide so that I am told exactly where to go and what to do because I don't want to explore. Yeah. I want to beat it. I want the fun. If I had me, the option to turn it on, I would turn it on and dislike it. But if I don't have then, the option, I wouldn't. What you have in the game what is you, you have you get self control problem. You get the Zelda style thing though, <laughs> where you can you can look at something from afar and mark it and see the marking in the real world. That was one of my favorite things that Breath of the Wild did was being able to do that. So you could see something from afar from the sight line you were supposed to see it from, mark it, and then approach it with in-world, like you could see the quests from far away, mark them and still explore them in-world with a marker on your map. It's a way to like balance that. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm finding myself getting extremely excited for Elden Ring, even though I want to be nervous because I, I have a lot of qualms with open world stuff. And the thing that I love about Souls games is how beautifully crafted they are. But to have something both crafted and huge is very exciting, and it gets me like a little bit jittery and excited inside. The way that I felt when I very first touched the like Super Mario 64, the very first time you go from a 2D platformer to a 3D platformer, and you go, this is a freaking huge deal. That's the way that I'm getting like, and maybe I'm overhyping it, but this is the I way that people talk. Dude, listen to people <laughs> talk about this game, though. Just I mean, listen to the way people talk about Elden Ring. Everyone talked that way about Cyberpunk. Okay, oh, that's true. Oof. That's true. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I like to. I like to be cautiously optimistic. The side oh, quest in Cyberpunk were fun. I think it is going to be excellent. I'm not sure it's going to be as transformative as you're talking about. Maybe it will be. But I do think it's going to be excellent. I think From Software makes excellent games. I think that's. I think yeah. that's the. I mean, that's got a good pedigree. That, that is a. That is that people said the same thing about CD Projekt Red before. I agree with you. Ooh, I agree Cyberpunk. With you. We all make. Stars. Man, there were some in Cyberpunk's defense. Some of the side quests were really fun. The main story was <laughs> like not good, but the side quests I thought were where they came. Once you could play them, and again, that's the same argument people make about Skyrim. Yeah, that's true. Oof, uh, Alan just dropped the mic and walked away. Skype sucks. Uh, in another, in another note, <laughs> there are rumors about another game going open world. Sonic, the new Sonic is rumored to be an open world game. Why? What? Do you, what's your? <laughs> hey, Alan, what's your take on Sonic? <laughs> for well, for the audio listener, Alan is gone. I think he's getting a drink in the kitchen. Andrew, what's your experience with Sonic thus far? Uh, he's in Super Smash Brothers, and he raises Chow. Frick you, dude. For someone that's been playing games so long, I can't believe you have, like, no Sonic experience. Right. So, I've Sonic never... 2. Sonic 2 is a fantastic Genesis game that has, that is stupid hard. Was. Uh, toward the end. Like, especially, like, Robo Sonic, like, the last, the last, uh, stage where you're on Robotnik's airship, and then you have to fight the Robot Sonic. And Robotnik, it's bullcrap. It's absolute bullcrap. Um, and a surprisingly underrated game, Sonic Spinball. Sonic Spinball that game's was okay. a blast. That game is okay. That game was fun, Michael. You're just bad at it. 
I just I was also I just I just think it's weird to play pinball games like of all the things that I'm such a weird <laughs> hippie about playing pinball games on console just feels weird to me I'm just like why am I doing this I don't know why that's that's my freaking line that's, that's my line it's not sports games it's not music mm -hmm. games it's not freaking visual novels it's freaking pinball games on consoles I'm like what the freak am I doing I got I have to ask you a question because I gotta know if either y'all know what this is some some kid said it to me today. Do y'all know what a Vocaloid is? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Someone, one of my students was like, someone told me y'all can do the Luca Luca Night Fever dance. <laughs> and I gift that. And I'm like, what is this dancing anime chick? And they're like, it's a Vocaloid. I'm like, what is a Vocaloid? <laughs> Don't. And they said, it's a singing voice synthesizer software product. I, I don't think know what that means. If you don't what know, if you don't know what a, if you don't know what a Vocaloid is, I think you're a bad. It weed. means you can buy your own uh, wifey voice and do with it whatever you will. And I do mean that, like literally. That's what it is. Hold on, I could buy a waifu voice and then have. One of these, <laughs> I, mean, I could have one of these. I could have this. You could have it do your booktube could, videos for you. Yes. So hold on, I could have like an anime lady, and then I could just like Twitch stream it and yes. have lonely yes. weed give yeah. me money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Mm -hmm. That's your second income. There you go, dude. You can retire. Destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You nailed it. Uh, Factoro, Factoro in the chat asked if anybody cares about Sonic. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, we have a huge Sonic fan in our Discord, so we can't say anything too negative about Sonic. The one thing that I'll say that's interesting about the idea of a Sonic open world game is Sonic's. What is Sonic's thing? It's supposed to be fast, right? He's gotta go fast. Why are Sonic games always designed to slow you down and not let you run fast? If you could make first, an open world Sonic game where you just run around really freaking fast, mm -hmm. that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Like the w yeah. traversing open world games, if you're not gonna make them super immersive or super exploratory, you make them fun to travel in, like Spider-Man. What if what if you could all like infamous? Like, what if you had, like, an infamous-style Sonic game where it was just, like, you're just jumping on a roof to roof? And you could do your freaking homing bounce to jump off and bounce off buildings? Like, yeah. if you just can go fast in a Sonic game, maybe Sonic yeah. games could be fun. And maybe you can make a decent Sonic game. Maybe you could make it, like, so you run around super fast. But it has, like, if they just designed freaking 3D Sonic, like a like a Mario Odyssey or a Sonic 64 or something... Like, I can't believe you, you. I was talking about this. I can't believe we talked had a whole discussion about open world and didn't even bring up Spider Man. Um, it's because it. We bring up Spider Man a lot. It's one that I love because of Spider Man. Um, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Batman because I know you love the Batman. I thought series. about it. I thought about asking you about Batman. Um, I like Batman, um, but I also like. So I've in the past we've had discussions where where we say this Batman is not negatively affected for it being an open world game, but I also don't think it gains anything from being an open world game for me. Like the yeah. open world aspects do nothing for me. I just go to the next location, do the and quest see, and for, keep going. And see, for me, the thing that it adds is it allows me to role play as Batman. Like that was my favorite thing about Arkham city is I just like, I'd like sit on a gargoyle and then like, so it was like, we're going to beat this person up. And it's like, I'm not going to let that happen. And then I stop it and I feel awesome. Factora oh, says such a good game. Factora says we're past the days of good Sonic. I actually don't think there's ever been a good Sonic. I I've, <laughs> I, I used to I used to be of a different persuasion, and here's what happened. 
I used to yes. think one was okay. I used to think two was okay. And three and Sonic and Knuckles. I was a fan of Sonic Adventure when that game freaking came out. I thought it was cool as frick, probably because it was on the Dreamcast, and that was way cooler than my 64 in some ways. The 64 well, games were better. I, my brother and I played Sonic 2 together. He was Tails, you know, the undiable. Yes. So if it was a dangerous situation, I'm just like, Ryan, yeah. go attack that and go. Here's go. the thing, <laughs> though. When Sonic Mania came out and everyone was I, like, dude, they were like, dude, this is what Sonic has always needed to be. It's like yeah. the new Sonic game. And I beat Sonic Mania. I was like, I freaking hate this game so much. Sonic has always been bad. <laughs> Holy frick, I hate Sonic. <laughs> I, I like there is a certain boss that I died on in Sonic Mania so many freaking times because of like bull crap that I was like, Sonic has always been bad. Like I had the opposite revelation of everybody else with that game. <laughs> That's really funny. So I don't want to offend. Yeah. I don't want to offend our Sonic fans. Um, but yeah, I, I, open world Sonic game could be cool. Like tr mix that series up. Freaking Sonic games are weird. Let's go weirder is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, excuse me, oh, Alan. Man. You're a history what? buff. I grabbed some open world game. Uh, freaking trivia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. So this is from a random website. I think this is bullcrap, but I want to see what you think about it. <laughs> what was the very first? Okay. When I'm asking this, I prefaced it with, this is something I pulled off an internet and it's freaking bullcrap in my opinion. I also said you're a history buff. What is, according to this random website I found, the first open world game? First open world, open world game. Legend of Zelda? No, a history buff. I've, so we're we're going beyond I've video been... games. This is like <laughs> this is the Roman Empire. Someone said the first open world game was the board game Go, the Chinese Japanese strategy game. <laughs> <laughs> so the first open world game came out in 300 BC for the, all the boards near you if you were living in an Asian country. <laughs> I was like, that is the most bullcrap factoid I've ever seen on the internet, and I've read a lot of dumb internet stuff. That's not, that's, that's not an open world game. <laughs> it says the board represents a large overworld, and the pieces are supposed to be... Like, I don't know. I don't agree so either. I don't agree Age at of all. I just, They're just playing the, Age of Empires. The boldness of this website to state it as if it were fact. It says in an abstract <laughs> form, but I was like, what the frick is this? Uh, it says the first open world game was a game called Jet Rocket, a video projection arcade game released by Sega in August 1970. It would have been a computer game, I guess, at that point. Or an arcade game. It has players flying around in a first-person perspective shooting landmarks across a game world. It was supposedly the first open-world electronic game. Um, what is the first open-world game the way that you think about open-world games? Because as I was researching this online, what'd you say? Legend of Zelda. So that was a Mark. common one. The Legend of Zelda, the original right. Legend of Zelda for the NES. The original Legend of Zelda, okay. Uh, people consider the Metroid games to be like um uh 2d open world games but when we're what thinking about... about open world games in the modern sense a lot of people point to grand theft auto 3 um okay what is like giving you like a city to run around in yeah it's a weird one what? because go ahead down what i say oh, it was sorry. me what did you say what about uh, i was thinking what about adventure 
for the, on the on the Atari. So that that's another one that people listed as adventure on the Atari. It's like, is that an open world? I mean, I I guess it's just like, at what point did open world games become what we now associate with open world games, which is like map splatter and fast travel. And like, was GTA the progenitor of that? Was it, when did the first Far Cry on PC come out? Some people list Fallout, the original Fallout. But the here's, here's the differentiator I would say between all of those games. All of those games were manually handcrafted without a bunch of the copy pasting or algorithm design. Mm-hmm. Including GTA three, probably well. Yeah, no. For uh, GTA three, probably copy pasted city blocks and stuff. Like I don't know. Um, yeah, but it was, yeah. But like Legend of Zelda, that's all handcrafted. Freaking Fallout was handcrafted. Like these games were actually like super detail customized. What about Elder Scrolls? Elder Scrolls would still be crafted, probably the older ones. It, they didn't really get into the algorithmically created bullcrap until Skyrim, I think. Where like quests would just auto generate so that you could say that you have infinite quests in your game. Right. Mm-hmm. Michael. Yeah. I've got some video game trivia for you. Oh frick. Okay. Alright, you ready? I'm gonna give this rapid fire. Oh, what was the first commercially successful video game? Asteroids. Pong. Oh frick, Pong. yeah. Okay. What is the best selling video game of all time? Tetris? Super Mario Brothers. Tetris is an excellent answer. It's Minecraft. Frick, it passed. I, I oh. did a podcast where I talked about that. <laughs> Frick me. But, uh, what year was this? Was the SNES release? 1985. Oh, the, the SNES? Oh, the, oh, the SNES. Nintendo. Oh, my bad. The SNES. The SNES. SNES, yeah. Oh, 94. This, 91. Frick. I was. I said ninety two. I was closer. What's the highest selling gaming console to date? I knew this one. Oh, I know this one. Did um, you include handhelds? Um, I guess I don't know. I don't. It doesn't say what its sample size is including. The PS two. Why would it said the Wii? Okay. PlayStation two. Yeah, I, I did know that. PlayStation two is such a good system, especially for the time. Um, in what year was Nintendo founded? Oh frick! 18... I don't know. Eighteen eighty nine. Eighteen eighty nine is correct. I, yeah, what? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna guess late eighteen hundreds because they freaking they did the toy crap. Um, what position did the creator of the Game Boy have at Nintendo? What position? Janitor? I don't know. Janitor's I was gonna be my correct. joke. Nice. Janitor's correct. Nice. I probably read that before. <laughs> That's Janitor awesome. is correct. Um, who was the first video game character to have a balloon featured in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Pikachu. Oh, Frank, you beat me to it. That was going to be my guess. Pikachu was a little late. I would have said Mario. It's actually Sonic the Hedgehog. Frick, screw that kid. What? Screw No. He's the fastest thing actually, alive, dude. Actually, Sonic the Man, dude, there's I, money changing so into his, the 90s where everything needed attitude. Dude, I was so Sonic. into his, yeah, his freaking it 90s freaking Sonic. He's got an attitude. Sonic is the fastest thing alive. Gotta go fast. Oh my gosh. Um, 
What product did Nintendo first release before taking on the world of video games? Trading playing cards. cards. Yeah, frick. playing cards. Yeah, playing cards. Yeah. yeah. I technically trading cards are different than playing cards. So which did I say? You said playing. Oh, sweet. You're I, right. What's the um? What is the average age of uh, a gamer in America? Why do you define gamer? <laughs> People who play video games. Twenty-eight. I don't know. Thirty. Thirty-five. Yeah, like, it, I was going to say, like, everybody plays video games, dude. My freaking, my freaking aunt who knows jack all about jack, technologically speaking, freaking plays her Scrabble and words with friends every day. I'm sorry, what, what specifically does he know? Uh, aunt. She. Oh, she, she, <laughs> sorry. She knows jack all about jack. <laughs> I, I said jack, jack all about jack, technologically speaking. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. Nintendo owns two of the most popular franchises ever. The net worth of these two franchises equals the combined total of the remaining eight franchises in the top ten. What are the two franchises? Mario and Zelda. Michael? I, I would have said Mario and Zelda. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I'm just saying part of me, But part of me... Do they have to own it entirely? Like, I didn't write Sure, these. Mario and Zelda. What's Mario and Zelda? We'll say Mario and Zelda. Mario and Pokemon. I knew it! Frick oh, me! Dang it! That was what I was going to guess! I'm sorry Mario. for everyone. I just blew Chaos it. Chaos Reed's got it right in the chat. Dang it. Nice. All right, last one then. Um... What popular video game character inspired the name of a human gene? The name? The video game character inspired the name of a gene. A human gene. I have no idea. Metroid. Sonic the Hedgehog inspired what? the name of the SHH gene, which makes sure our limbs grow where they're supposed to. <laughs> we literally uh, named that gene... The Sonic the Hedgehog gene. The SHH gene. If we, I, th I think it should have been a Metroid gene. Is this what determines what like the weird people that like Sonic, like, they have that gene or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, that's actually... Sorry, one more. Bonus question. What percentage of gamers consider online gaming a family bonding activity? It doesn't even have... It's, th this is actually wrong. It's not online gaming. It's gaming in general. Uh, what percentage thinks that gaming is a um, family bond? It should be like a hundred percent, but it's not gonna be. I'm gonna say six, six, seventy-five. It's thirty-three percent. Thirty-three percent of adult gamers. Thirty-three percent of adult gamers play online with their children at least once a week. Play games with their children at least once a week. I play games with my children at least once a week. Usually a lot more. At least you're part of that thirty-three. Okay, I have, I have, I have a weird. Uh, since we were talking, since I, I get, I was a dumb butt and guessed Mario and Zelda. I heard a statistic this week that blew my mind. Um, the, the so the Legend of Zelda. I don't remember the sales numbers for Breath of the Wild, but I think it was in the twenty millions. I know that Super Mario Odyssey was in the twenty millions. The previous Zelda game that they released was Skyward Sword for the Wii, which was generally critically and, um, uh, was the word critically and mass appeal. People did not love it. Guess how many copies 
Nintendo sold of Skyward Sword for the Wii. Not the oh, re-release. How many? 150,000. 3 million. For a Zelda title? A main Zelda title? That's what nothing. What was Breath of the Wild? Like 20 million. Wow. What was... um? What was... What was Twilight, um, Twilight Princess? I think Twilight Princess was like 10. Like, they only did three, three million? That's so freaking low, dude. That's why they had to change that series, dude. It blew my did mind. They have a Zelda so game. Did they have a Zelda game on the Wii U? Or, or was uh, it just a Wind Waker re-release? Re yeah, I think it was just that. Okay. But do you have more? Oh, okay. One more. <laughs> what is bad. the highest grossing movie based on a video game? The highest grossing movie of all time based on a video game. Grossing. Chat, chat may beat us to this. I'm going to guess Detective Pikachu. It is Detective Pikachu. I think that movie is a great poke video game movie. I talked I about it last week. Good. It's. I think it's fun. Is it's that, not is a it good. Ryan movie. Reynolds as Pikachu. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. See. I'm I, not sure I can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than Danny DeVito, who was the in the, the video. Pokemon, in the, the best Pokemon movie is the first one. Mewtwo. <laughs> he he's Mewtwo is in Detective Pikachu. Well, that's not. cool. Well, Wait, have you not seen Detective Pikachu, Michael? No, I've never seen a video game movie that's made recently. Have you seen the Mario Brothers? Factorio just mentioned Warcraft. No, I've not seen it, dude. Uh, okay, my video, my video game obsessed freaking <laughs> Mario loving childhood DNF'd <laughs> the Mario movie twice because I thought it was such bullcrap as a child. I was watching this like. <laughs> It's this garbage and I just turned it off. I was barely allowed to watch TV back then. I was like, this is bullcrap and I turned it off <laughs> twice. Have you shared it with your uh your son yet? I've still never seen it. I'm not gonna let him see something I haven't seen. It's not good. He's not missing anything. Oh you my should, word. You should start the first season of Super Mario Brothers Super Series Super Show. Oh, he has watched that. That's also kind of garbage, but he has watched that. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. The other the, with the oh. Mario Brothers and plumbing the game found a secret wall zone working on the drain. <laughs> oh we were dude. Uh, Mario hits on Vanna White in that that show. Weird. Okay. We got oh. what what <laughs> the the freaking Mario show. Tell me y'all watch the animated Zelda show. The one where, like, Link is a bro? <laughs> excuse me, princess. Well, excuse me, princess. I have seen well, excuse me, princess. There's, like, a supercut of all of yes. those. No one can get through it. It's, it's, it is physically impossible to watch it from beginning to end. I, I have seen the show. I would not have said that, like, I watched the show. Because Excuse me, princess. It's such garbage. Where Link is a dude, bro. Like, what is that? <laughs> oh, my word. Well, excuse me, princess. Did you ever eat any of that, like, Nintendo-branded, like, cereal when you were a kid? I never did. Yeah. Nice. You know what? There are plenty of ditches along the side of the road. Maybe I'll go die in one. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to reference that clip in this <gasps> video. 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Press Extra Revolution. What is this show? It's garbage. Are you looking it up, Andrew? Excuse me, princess. Oh, my gosh. I might actually be able... If I play the video here... Yeah, here we go. If I play the video here, I think it will actually show up in the podcast. They won't be able to see what? it, but they will be able to hear it. Oh, frick. It's playing a freaking ad. What kind of bullcrap is this? I have YouTube red. <gasps> here we go. I'm going to try to play it here. Let's see if this works. Excuse me, princess. Excuse me, princess. Well, excuse me, princess. I don't think you can hear it, but the chat can hear it, I think. Oh, my word. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hold on. Factoro has a correction. According to Wikipedia, Warcraft grossed more than Detective Pikachu worldwide. Interesting. Wow. Also, that's Wait, does, that, well, well, what, does that include domestic numbers then? Like total gross? Uh, I mean, I, I believe Factoro. He's never led me wrong, except for the fact that he doesn't like some games that I love. Other than that, uh, he's never led me wrong. And yeah, I'm pretty sure you nailed that uh, impersonation perfectly, as Chaos Reed says. <laughs> <laughs> it was weirdly perfect. Anyway, you've been listening to Press Extra Revolution, <laughs> the podcast, and um, looking forward to making more videos on the site. Uh, Alan and I, we actually talked about uh, recording Man of Madon. We didn't say when yet. But we did talk about it, which is more than we've done in the past. I'm making Super Mario 64 content. Uh, we are here every Wednesday at 9.30. And we love to uh, do this show. And we love to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not already, please subscribe to the channel. If you hit this like button for this video while we're live, I think it shows it to more people on their home pages. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard other podcasts who record live say that. So I'm just going to repeat it as well. Alan, excuse me, I was not planning on handing it to you, I was planning on talking, but I burped. Alan can be found on an awesome booktube channel where he talks about the books that he reads, and uh, you can join him in his bookish discord. I'm, I'm literally changing my channel's name to, excuse me, princess. What was the name I gave you at the, at the beginning of the show? It was a funny joke. Frick. I, 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 Something about Andrew. Alan, no, it was Alan R.I.P. Sander. That's what I call yes. him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Referencing your Instagram story. You should follow Alan on Instagram. He does very funny Instagram stories. Uh, you should not follow Andrew anywhere because he has yet to establish a social oh, media man. presence. He sucks so bad at being an <laughs> online presence that, uh, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog did better domestically than Detective Pikachu. That maybe the stats are old. Yeah, you probably just thinking. found an old article. This is his front. Huh. If you like books and you want to hear a different opinion than Alan's, I also have a book channel. All of those links might be down below. If you are watching the show and you're not a member Hold of the on, Discord, Michael. what? You have to read books to be a book channel, Michael. <laughs> I can make book videos about not reading books or making fun of <laughs> authors, which is what I've been doing. I, I, saw, I saw your book of the month videos today, and you're like, I'm going to read it's how to how to get Keanu Reeves to date you? How to marry Keanu, How to marry Keanu Reeves in ninety days? <laughs> Are you really gonna read that, Michael? I'm absolutely freaking gonna read that, dude. There's a one hundred percent chance I'm gonna read that this month, probably. 
Why would you read that? Hold on. There's, it's all on the title, Alan. Like this, this shouldn't Just be. Just in case nobody here follows my book channel, but you want to know what kind of books that I read, I found this book called "How to Marry Keanu Reeves in 90 Days," which is a romance. Where I'm pretty sure this girl actually falls in love with her best friend because you know how romances are. But she's gonna try to get Keanu Reeves to marry her. But you know, I'm pretty sure it's a friends to lovers romance. Why are romances described by the spoilers contained therein? I know. Right? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so I have a book channel, Alan has a book channel, all that's linked down below. If you're watching this show and you're not subscribed, please do so. If you're watching the show and you're not a member of the Discord, please join the Discord. There's a section for all types of video games. Thank you for listening to our discussion on open world games. Thank you for helping to add to the discussion in the chat live and in the comments down below for people that are watching the archive version. Until next week, press X to revolution. Viva la revolution. Alan, say your thing. What do I say? Revolution X! There we go. <laughs>